Let's continue in the book of Ezra. Let's turn to Ezra chapter 6, and we'll read that chapter, chapter Ezra chapter uh, 6 in the Word of God. Ezra chapter 6, and I've uh, been enjoying reading this book. Ezra chapter 6, beginning of verse 1, says this, Then Darius the king made a decree, and search was made in the house of the rolls, where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. <coughs> and there was found at Akmetha, in the palace that is in the province of the Medes, a roll, and therein was a record thus written. In the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king, made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem, that the house be builded, let the place where they offered sacrifices, and let the foundations thereof be strongly laid, the height thereof threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof threescore cubits, with three rows of great stones and a row of new timber, and let the expenses be given out of the king's house. And also let the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took forth out of the temple, which is at Jerusalem, and brought unto Babylon, be restored and brought again into the temple, which is at Jerusalem, every one to his place, and place them in the house of God. <laughs> now therefore, Tatnai, governor beyond the river, Shetharbaznai, and your companions with Pharsachites, which are beyond the river, be ye far from thence. Let the work of this house of God alone, let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. Moreover, I make a decree that ye shall do that to the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God, that of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river, forthwith expenses be given unto these men, that they be not hindered. Verse 9, And that which they have need of, both young bullocks and rams and lambs, for the burnt offerings the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and oil, according to the appointment of the priests which are given at Jerusalem, let it, let it be given them day by day without fail, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet savors unto the God of heaven, and pray for the life of the king and of his sons. Also I have made a decree that whosoever shall alter this word, let timber be pulled down from his house, being set up, let him be hanged thereon, and let his house be made a dunghill for this. And the God that hath caused his name to dwell there, destroy all kings and people that shall put their hand to the altar and to destroy this house of God, which is at Jerusalem. I, Darius, have made a decree, let it be done with speed." Verse 13, Then Tatnai, governor on this side the river, Shetharbaznai, and their companions, according to that which Darius the king had sent, so they did speedily. And the elders of the Jews built it, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo. And they built it and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. And this house was finished on the third day of the month Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. And the children of Israel, the priests and the Levites and the rest of the children of the captivity kept the dedication of this house of God with joy and offered at the dedication of the house of God an hundred bullocks, two hundred rams, four hundred lambs, and for a sin offering for all Israel, twelve he goats according to the number of the tribes of Israel." And they set the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their courses for the service of God, which is at Jerusalem, as it is written in the book of Moses. And the children of the captivity kept the Passover upon the 14th day of the first month. 
For the priests and the Levites were purified together. All of them were pure and killed the Passover for all the children of the captivity and for their brethren, the priests, and for themselves. And the children of Israel, which were come again out of the captivity, and all such as had separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel, did eat and kept the feast of the unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of Assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are so good. And Lord, we just acknowledge that this morning. Lord, again, we acknowledge our military. Thank you for the military, uh, dear God, that you've given us. And uh, Lord, that uh, all, all of its history, we've had a strong military. And we know that's because of your mercy and grace upon this country, uh, dear God. And Lord, we think of those that have paid the ultimate price. Lord, we honor uh, their uh, uh, memory. And so thank you that we can be free today to stand here and gather together as the people of God and preach the word of God. And Jesus Christ can still be exalted and glorified. Uh, in this country. And uh, Lord, I pray you'd bless each one that's here today. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen each one in their man with might by the Holy Spirit. Lord, those that need wisdom, Lord, those that uh, need uh, direction, those that need help physically, uh, dear God, those that, uh, uh, Lord, uh, just have burdens upon their heart, Lord, I pray that you'd help them. Lord, maybe those looking for a job, finances, Lord, again, we think of our young people that are graduating, Lord, important decisions that they need to make. Of course, Lord, we all have lost ones uh, that were burned for, God, we pray for that. Lord, we pray for lost ones that might be here, lost ones that might be listening, Lord, we pray for their salvation. Lord, we thank of uh, Brother Wood's brother uh, Michael uh, this morning where he is. Thank you, Lord, that he's been doing well there. But, God, we pray for his salvation. Lord, we think of Donna uh, this morning and Sister Pam this morning and Sister uh, Barnett and uh, Sister Clark and Sister Muxlow. And, Lord, uh, just so many uh, needs there. Dear God, please touch these. And so, again, Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So if we've been going through the, the book of uh, Ezra here, the book of Ezra, and again, we do a little uh, review, uh, reminding us uh, what we some things that we've learned up to this point. Again, uh, God uh, allowed them, you know, Jeremiah had prophesied that they'd go into captivity for the seven years, and now they're coming out. And so, again, remember that they, they started with the altar, and we saw that biblical faith must be restored, so biblical worship can be restored. And that uh, we saw that as uh, God uh, uh, seeks to move into the future, one of the ways he does that is sometimes he's got to come and disturb our present so he can prepare us for what he wants to do in the future. And that, again, that God always has a purpose and plan for his people. And uh, that God always has a remnant and God blesses and uses his remnant. And that God wants to move his work forward. And so he seeks those that want to be a part of that work, right, uh, to help move it forward. And for that to move forward properly, God's people need to be together and have that spirit of unity. And as we learned last week, God off offers a new starts and restarts to people. Amen. If you're not saved uh, here this morning, or you're listening, you're not saved today, you can have a new start. Amen. In Christ Jesus. Or maybe you've you've already been saved, but gotten sidetracked today. You can have a restart. Amen. And uh, pick uh, back up and keep moving forward. And then today we're going to see uh, God's work and God's children have no stopping place. Amen. There's no stopping place. 
Are we going to look at this? We want to look at this, uh, this thought today. Amen. When we, 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 we complete to continue. Think about that thought. We complete to continue. So God's work, again, God's work. God's children have no stopping place. So again, to give that thought, we complete to continue. You'll see that uh, in these thoughts. Ezra, verse, verse 3. Again, what it says here, verse 3, says, In the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king, made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. And it says, Let the house be builded, the place where they offered sacrifices. And notice this next statement. It says, Let the foundations thereof be strongly laid. I like that statement. Let the foundations thereof be strongly laid. Late. That is a good statement when you think about it, because that word strongly, right? It says when it says let the foundations be strongly made, what that means is make sure you lay a foundation that can bear the load of what you're getting ready to put on it, right? You lay a foundation to put something upon it. And so he says, hey, uh, let the foundation be strongly laid. Make sure that foundation, amen, stay with me now, that foundation that's being laid Make sure it's a foundation that can bear the load. And uh, boy, uh, you apply that to the spiritual realm and what an exciting thing that is because we know when we get saved, right, the foundation is laid. The Bible says no other foundation can be laid than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ the Lord. And the day you got saved, that foundation was laid into your life, and uh, hey, and I thank all of us that are saved, and if we've been saved some time, we can give testimony that the foundation, amen, our foundation, Jesus Christ, he can bear the load, amen, and that's a wonderful thought, that no matter what may come into your life uh, as you walk this earth, that listen, a foundation is in your heart and soul, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is there to bear the load for you, amen, he's a strong foundation foundation. He's a mighty rock. He's a fortress. He's a shield. He's a buckler. Amen. Uh, and uh, he, he's the lifter up of our head and he is there to help us. And so thank God, amen, that, uh, that there's a strong foundation. And so if you think of the foundation of our salvation is Jesus and Jesus is able to bear the load. That is a wonderful thought. Then you think about the foundation of our Christian walk. Well, what is that? Sound doctrine. Right? When we get saved and we begin to grow, what do we do? We have to learn the great truths of the Word of God. And so uh, that's why it's so important, right? Uh, 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 that we know the great truths, the great doctrines, the sound teachings of the Word of God, because those are a foundation in our Christian life, and they are what keeps us strong. And so uh, when, when false doctrine would try to creep into our life or try to creep into the church, amen, when there would be those that would try to uh, persuade you to think or do a different way as a believer, the fact that you are grounded in the sound doctrine, the, the, the fact that you have a solid foundation as a believer, that is what will keep you, amen, from turning to the right hand or turning to the left as a believer. So we see that wonderful thought that it is important that a foundation be strongly laid in your life. 
first of all, salvation, and then as a believer. Why do you see, uh, you know, because listen, uh, when you get saved, hey, we know God's paying attention. We know heaven's paying attention, right? The Bible says they rejoice in heaven when one gets saved. But you can be sure the world's uh, uh, paying attention. The devil's paying attention. That's why all of a sudden somebody's going to knock on your door or somebody at work's going to finally invite, uh, suddenly invite you to their meeting or something like that and try to uh, uh, get you sidetracked before a foundation. That's why it's important to disciple new believers, right? Uh, uh, I'm glad that somebody discipled me. I went to church, but also somebody took time to disciple me, and I've discipled others. And it's good to know how to disciple people uh, after they get saved so that that good foundation can be laid in people's lives. You see, again, I'm not just here 35 years later just because I got saved, but I'm here because I got saved right? That foundation was laid, but also because a solid foundation of the teaching of the Word of God was laid in my life and told me that, hey, I need to be faithful to the house of God and find God's will and all those things. So very important when you think about the foundation. But uh, drop down here to verse 14 as it talks about them building and uh, notice uh, what, it, what it says here in verse uh, 14 of Ezra 6. And the elders of the Jews builded, right? And notice this next statement, and they prospered, they prospered. Now that, that, that word prosper, it means to come to a successful completion of a task, right? And how, notice how they prospered. It says they prospered through what? Through the prophesying, right? And it mentions Haggai and Zechariah. And we saw these uh, last week, right? They were the preachers, amen? They were the preachers of God's word. And so it says the elders of the Jews built it and they prospered through the prophesying. Again, prosper means to come to a successful completion of a task. And that is what God wants to happen in our life, right? Uh, uh, He wants uh, the things he builds in our life, the things he has us to do. He wants those things to prosper. He wants those things to become a successful completion in our life. And that's what the Word of God is there for. That's why it's so important to be under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. This book is here to prosper you in your life, right? God began a good work in your life. He's doing things in your life. He's building things in your life, right? He wants you to prosper in your walk with him. And what's going to do that? The sound preaching and teaching of the word of God is what helped them to keep going and encourage them. Hey, don't quit. Amen. Uh, uh, just a four, few more bricks. Amen. And we'll, uh, we'll have this thing done and we can move on to something else. Don't quit. Keep on keeping on. You know, when I pray for people, right? Everybody, today, everybody needs the grace of God. Today, some people need grace for salvation, right? Some people need to get saved. Some people need grace for uh, restoration, right? Some people need grace for the new start. Then some people need grace for the restart, amen, to get back where they should be. But then some people just need grace to keep on keeping on. You know, that's how I pray. Every day uh, when I pray for people this morning, uh, as far as I know, I pray for, uh, I called every one of you as far as I know out by name. And when I prayed for you and when I prayed for my family and prayed for several preachers this morning, and when I pray for them, I always say, I always pray, Lord, you know who needs to be saved? I say, you know who needs to be saved in my family? You know who needs to be saved in the church? Uh, Lord, give them what they need, amen, to be drawn to you today. Then I say, Lord, those that have been uh, sidetracked, dear God, give them what they need to get back on track. Then I say, then I think about those, hey, they're saved and they're right where they should be. 
Amen. Hey, not everybody's uh, saved and sidetracked. Some people are right where they do. Some of you guys are good, strong believers and you're right where you should be in your walk with God. And you know what I say? God, just give them what they need just to keep on keeping on, to keep on prospering. Amen. In their uh, walk with you. And so that is what the word of God will help us do. That's why it's so important. Amen. To be under the teaching and preaching of the word of God. You just see these beautiful pictures here. But then we come down and it says in verse again in uh, uh, verse 14, it says they prospered and it says they built it and what? They finished it. Thank God they finished it. And in verse 15 says, and the house was finished. Boy, what a wonderful thing that is when a task for God is finished. When God gives you something to do and it's finished. But remember this. This is what we, we, we want to remember. We, our thought today is this. We complete to continue. <laughs> we complete to continue. God completes something. Amen. But yet he wants to continue. His work has to continue. And so a finished task. Think about this. A finished task is just the preparation for the new task or the next task. Think about that again now. A finished task is just the preparation for the new task or the next task. And that's what we see in these verses. They finished a task, right? But they finished that task, and that finished task, task was really just preparing them for the next task or the next thing that they were supposed to do in the work of God. Think about this in life, right? We were just talking about the graduates. You know, a lot of people uh, finish something, what do they do? They go, well, now what, right? Now what, right? People, they, uh, these graduates finish high school, and they look, well, now what? <laughs> now what am I supposed to do, right? I've been in school uh, these uh, last several years, now I've finished high school, now what? Or maybe they go on to college, so, well, I finished college, now what? Well, I got a job. Now what? I got married. Now what? Right? We hit these different milestones and then we go, now what? Right? Well, again, we complete to continue. Uh, have to break this news to you, PJ and JP. Right? Have to break this news to you. You're completing one thing. Why? So you can start another. This isn't the end. You don't get to sit around and relax the rest of your life. Right? <laughs> You've completed a task. And the task of completing high school is worth noting, right? It's worth uh, recognizing. Any task you complete is worth uh, uh, recognizing. But you complete it, right, to start uh, another. Now think about this in salvation, right? Uh, uh, Brother Wood, he just went through the, the seven sayings, right, of Christ. And what was uh, one of the last ones? It is finished. It is finished. Now, he did not mean that God's work on earth was finished, did he? That's why he wasn't saying, well, hey, God's work on earth is done. We can wind this thing up. No, he, was, he meant his task on earth was finished, right? He had finished the work that his father had given him to do. That is what he was saying. But he was also saying this. It is finished, and now something new can begin. So do you know what he could just, hey, he chose to say it is finished, but you know what he could have said? And it had been just as true. It has started. <laughs> he could have said that too. He could have said, he chose to say it is finished, talking about his task. 
But then he could also say, hey, now that I've done this, it has started. A new phase, right, of God's work on earth has started. And so really, when God has given us a task to do, at the same time we're saying it is finished, we can also say it has started. And we see that in our verses here, right? Because what are they getting ready to do? They're getting ready to have worship. They're getting ready to have the Passover. So now when they say the temple, it is finished, the temple is finished, now they're getting ready to have the Passover, so now they can say it has started at the same time because that is how God works. Salvation is a starting point. Salvation is a starting point. Salvation isn't the end. It's the starting point of something that'll get you to the end. That's what salvation is. Again, why? Because God is always on the move. God is always advancing. And so we see that here in verse 16. It says, And the children of Israel, the priests and Levites, and the rest of the children of captivity kept the dedication of this house of God with joy. Hey, they were excited. They just completed something, and now they were starting something else, and they were excited about that. Hey, we need to be excited about what God is doing when he allows us to complete something and when he allows us to start something fresh. Hey, uh, never, it's not, listen, transition times, not always easy. I'm sure it wasn't here, but it's an exciting time. They completed one thing, but hey, oh, wow, we completed that, but hey, guess what? We get to start something new. God's getting ready to, God just had us complete one thing. Now he's gonna allow us to start a new phase. Now he's gonna allow us to start something new. That is what God is doing. And what did they do? Verse 19. What does it say? And the children of the captivity, what? Kept the Passover. Did you see what just happened here? They, they, they finished something, but they didn't set idle. They finished something, and now what they do? They went to the next thing. They kept the Passover. So it says here, the children of the captivity kept the Passover. So don't miss this. What did we see just happened? What did we see just happen? They finished the building of the temple. They finished the building of the temple. Why? Why did they finish the building of the temple? Why did God finally allow them, right? They came and they built the, they got the altar going again. Hey, that was exciting. And then they laid the foundation. That was exciting. And now they've completed the temple. That is exciting. But why did God allow them to finish the temple? This is why. So they could start doing what God wanted them to do in the temple, right? They completed the temple so they could start doing what God wanted them to do in the temple. You see, there was a purpose that God allowed this to happen. Okay, you finished the task of building it. Now I want you to start doing something in it. You need to go to the next phase. You see, they started the Passover. They're back to biblical worship. They're back to biblical worship. You see, uh, uh, and uh, what a, well, we could really go uh, uh, talk about the Passover. Well, I love reading Exodus 12, where it talks about the starting of the Passover. One of my, one of my favorite uh, thoughts in the Word of God is where he says to them, everybody get a lamb, right? And I like it where it says, if that lamb, basically it says this, if that lamb, if that family, here's what it says, if that family be too small for that lamb, then tell them to take and share it with their neighbor. That's a beautiful thought in the word of God. When they're instituting the Passover, it doesn't say if the lamb's too small, 
It says, if the family's too small. <laughs> That's a wonderful thought. It doesn't say if the lamb's too small for that family, tell them to go get another lamb. It says, if the family is too small for that lamb, then tell them to share that lamb with their neighbor. Hey, listen, let me tell you, right? <laughs> hey, uh, we're too small for that lamb, amen? We got a big lamb. Jesus Christ is the lamb of God. We got it, and listen, our family is too small for that lamb, and so you know what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be sharing that lamb with our neighbor. That's what we're supposed to do. You see that beautiful picture in Exodus 12. We've got a lamb that's too big for us, right? And so we're supposed to be sharing that lamb with our neighbor. And that's what they were doing when they instituted. And of course, we know they were supposed to what? Take and apply the blood. And so they instituted the Passover, right? Because they wanted to properly worship God. They wanted to properly honor God by uh, starting the Passover back up. And so remember this. You cannot acknowledge God properly without acknowledging the power of the blood properly. <laughs> Listen, uh, you want to honor God, speak much about the blood and honor that there's still power in the blood. Of course, 1 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us this, Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as ye are in leaven. For even Christ is what? Our Passover is sacrifice for us. Revelation 13, 8, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the life of what? The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus is our Passover lamb. We that are saved stand purified before God today because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So what do we see in this picture? They finished task, right? And all that did was bring them to a point that they could start what God had for them next. He brought them to a finishing point so he could bring them to a point that they could start something new. Hey, Philippians 2.13, talking about in our Christian life, says what? For it is God which worketh in you, both to what? To will and to do of his good pleasure. To will and to do. So here's what our Christian life is. After you do what he has willed, Right. God gave me a task. And after I after I finish what he had put on my heart, you know what? He'll have something else in line for me to do. He'll have something else in line for you to do. I see that all through my I look back over uh, uh, 35 years. You know, I, I was in uh, Bulgaria, then I got kicked out and I go, now what am I going to do? Do you think God was said, well, well, I guess your ministry's done. You know, they kicked you out of Bulgaria. I don't know what to do now. I'm, you know, God went standing there. Well, you know, Jeff, I tried. I mean, you know, I tried. I can't help but they kicked you out. You're on your own now, kid. Whew, I'm glad he didn't say that. Right. Listen, he has something else lined up. And then uh, uh, I was in Germany. There, listen, listen, and that's what you'll see in your Christian life. Listen, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Don't ever think, listen, that God just wants you uh, sitting around, twiddling your Again, he's got something for you. He's preparing you uh, uh, for something. Listen, if you want to be busy for God, he's going to have something for you to do, right? You can know that just like we see right here. After he's willed for you something to do, he's got something else lined up that he will have you what will and do. He'll put something new in your heart. Man, when, when, when God called me to Bulgaria, I remember, this is how all, let me just tell you, this is how all missionaries think, right? I heard somebody say this the other day. You land there and you think this, okay, I know where I'm going to die. Let's get out there and do something for God. 
That's really what you think when you're a missionary. <laughs> so, you know, well, am I in Bulgaria right now? I'm in Greenville right now. But that's okay, right? That's okay. Again, listen, I, you say, but you know what? I can say, you know what? For, for 35 years, I have stayed in the same place. For 35 years, I've stayed in the same place. I've been to almost 70 countries, but you know what? For 35 years, I've stayed in the same place. Where is that? In the will of God. <laughs> so I'm always, I'm always in the same place, right? This moment, I'm standing in the will of God. That's all that matters. So I, can, I think, man, I'm always, I'm always here and I'm always there. No, Jeff, you're always in the same place. You're in the will of God. So that's what matters today. You say, well, I'm here. Lord, why are you moving me here? Why are you doing there? You say, you, say, you know, hey, I, I, was, I was up in Michigan. Why has God got me down here in South Carolina? Well, hey, what matters is what? You're in the same place. You're in the will of God, right? If you were some other place and God moved you here, say, oh, why do I have to move? No, you're in the same place. You're in the will of God. That's what matters, amen? I was out in Colorado with the little... Church in the Wildwoods, right? But hey, now I'm here, what? Hey, I'm in the same place, right? I'm in, I'm in the, if I got that right, right? I, sorry, sister, that is stuck in my head for time and eternity, right? You're in the will of God. That's what matters, to will and to do. Will, he willed me to do this, I do it, and then he'll will something else in my heart uh, to do it. That is what God does. After you do that, so that's why, that's why I love Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It says this, you know it, it is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're what? They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. See, God's mercies and compassions are new every morning because every day God provides new opportunities for you to serve him. He provides a fresh start. Again, you see that, you see that thought all through the word of God. 1 Peter 1, 5, and beside this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue what? And beside this, listen, I've given you this, and you know what? You're not stopping there in your Christian walk. Now you need to add this. And then when you get that, when you, when you get to the end of, uh, uh, when you get to the end of uh, uh, diligence, right? Uh, uh, add virtue. When you get to the end of virtue, this, 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 it's continue, amen, that. One completed task leads to another. That is what? That's how we continue to grow and move forward for God. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in. Grow in grace, what? And add some to it. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll never, on this world, you'll never know everything about Jesus you can know. To him be glory when? Now and forever. Now and forever, for always. You see, grow. You know what that, you know what grow means? It means to increase. It means to add something new. God is continually, amen, adding new things. In these verses, amen, we see a lot of wonderful things. Quickly, before we finish, I want you to notice an, another great thought in this verse. Look at it again at verse 14. I, I think this is great. It says, and the children of Israel, the priests, and the Levites, and the rest of the children of... So that's, sorry, that's verse 16. Verse 14. And the elders of the Jews built it, and they prospered through the prophesying, right, through the preaching of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo, and they built it and finished... Now notice this. According to the commandment of the God of Israel, and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Boy, I saw this and I thought, what a wonderful thought. Notice what it said. According to what? The commandment of God and the commandment of the king. What a great thing this is. This is the way the world should operate. When the commandments of God and the commandments of government line up, 
That is a wonderful thing. That's what you see right here. The commandments of God and the commandments of government lined up to do the will of God in a nation. And that should be our desire as we pray for our nation. What should be? God, may your commandments for America, may the commandments of God and the commandments of government line up for our nation. That should be the desire of our nation. Just like we see in the Word of God, Lord, we want a nation whose governments, whose commands line up. Why is our country in a mess? You want to know why we're in a mess? Because at this time in our history, the commands of our government do not line up with the commands of God. That's why we're in a mess. We want to see revival in our country. We want to see America restored. Listen, uh, listen it's, when, it's when the commandments of, of government line once up again with the commandments of God, then that's when our nation will be what it should be. And that should be the prayer for our country. That's a wonderful thing. Because again, now, we're, now despite what our, our government does, we're going to stick with the commandments of our God. Because again, we're, as we said last week, we're not just doing what we do because we have permission from the government, but because we have a commission from our God is why we do what we do. And so as we finish up here, here's what we want to notice up to this point. When they came to Jerusalem, it was destroyed, right? <laughs> it was destroyed. So that's why they're rebuilding. And you see, they looked at it and they saw the results of defeat. Say, why, is, why does Jerusalem look like this? Because you were defeated, right? You turned against God. And the army came in and destroyed you. You're in captivity seven years. They saw the results of defeat. But now... Now, amen, God allowed them to come back in. Now God is letting them build. Hey, they, 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 they rebuilt the altar. Victory. They laid the foundation. Victory. They rebuilt the temple. Victory. Right? Now they're uh, uh, back to, they got their biblical faith back. Now they're back to biblical worship. Victory. You see, now they have moved from defeat to victory. They've moved from defeat to victory. It's exciting. It's exciting to move from defeat to victory. And that's what God, you feel defeated in your life? Hey, uh, uh, you're lost? Well, sin's got the best of you. Or maybe even as a believer, you've been beat down. Hey, God wants to move you from defeat to victory in your life. That's a wonderful thing. When you say, man, I had all these things and I got a little bit down or whatever, but hey, now I've got victory in Jesus and I'm living in that, amen? I've gone from defeat to victory. That's a wonderful thing when you can give testimony. You went from defeat to victory. You see, that's what happened when I got saved, right? I was defeated by sin. I was defeated by the flesh. I was defeated by the world. But then I believed on Jesus and I got victory over those things. I went from defeat to victory. But do you know there's something better than going from defeat to victory? What's better than going from defeat to victory? What's better than going from defeat to victory? Going from victory to victory. And that's how the believer's supposed to live. <laughs> you see, we get saved, we go from defeat to victory. But the Christian life and living the abundant life, if you will, that Christ has for us, it's not about going from defeat to victory. It's about despite what's going on in our life, 
Amen. We live the life of victory because, amen, we stay focused on Jesus. We're walking with him. We're trusting with him. Amen. We got our biblical faith back. We've got our biblical worship back. Amen. We're completing task after task. Amen. We've completed this one and now we're starting the new one. Amen. And now we've learned that no matter what is going on around us, no matter what's going on in us, amen, we're walking by faith. We're worshiping by faith. We're living the life of victory. And so we, we thank God we went from defeat to victory, but now we're living the life that God really wants us to live, which is a life from victory to victory. You see, when they, when they came back and they built that altar, they went from defeat to victory. But when they went from altar, altar to foundation, they actually went from a victory to a victory. And then they went from foundation to temple. They went from another victory to another victory. And now they've gone from temple to worshiping like they're supposed to. And they went to from another victory to another victory. And that's how the Christian life is supposed to be. You see, and that is what God is doing in them and through them in this portion of Scripture. And so, uh, listen, uh, if you're not saved, if you're still defeated by sin in the world, amen, God wants to move you from defeat to victory today. Or if for some reason you're saved and, and you've got beat down, God wants you to move defeat, from defeat to victory. But truly, if we're living the life that God wants us to live as believers, if we're truly being the church that God wants us to be, what the world should see is us going a life from victory to victory. De defeat to victory is a wonderful thing. But amen, being able to live from victory unto victory as we sing this song, that's a better thing. And that's the life that we want to live as believers. God is moving them in that direction. You see, they completed only to continue, right? We complete to continue. We reach the certain finishing point, but God's not done with us. He wants to move us to the next phase. So let's finish, and we'll finish by reading verses 21 through 22 that say this, And the children of Israel, which were come again out of the captivity, and all such as had separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen land to seek the Lord God of Israel, did eat, and kept the feast of the unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had made them joyful and turned their heart, the heart of the king of Assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. So you see what these people did? They separated themselves. That's what believers do. They separate themselves. Seek the Lord. We seek the Lord continually. And what? And what did they do? They had biblical worship. And what was the result? God made them joyful and he strengthened their hearts. What a beautiful thing that is. And so the foundation was laid. The, guy, uh, the king said, let the, let the foundation be laid strongly. Well, ask yourself this morning. Hey, Listen, again, if you're not saved this morning, God wants to lay a strong foundation in your life, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? So you can begin to build upon that rock. And if you are saved this morning, amen, how strong is your Christian foundation? How well? So there's two questions. One, how well do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the first question. The second question is, how well do you know that book? And then we ask, listen, have you moved from defeat to victory? And then, uh, believer, are you living the life that God would have you to live? Do you see yourself going from victory to victory? Again, that doesn't mean everything's going. They still had the enemy. They still had people trying to discourage them. They still had people trying to get them sidetracked. But yet, they didn't pay attention to that, right? They went from defeat to victory. Then after that, they went from victory to victory, victory to victory. And so what do you see going on in, in your life? That'll tell you where you're at, amen? And so say, God, God, I'm tired of being up and down, up and down. 
Amen. Lord, despite the things that are around me going up and down, Lord, I want to learn to be more consistent. Amen. I want to go from victory to victory. Lord, I want to complete one task so that you can uh, move me to the next one. God, you're on the move and I want to be on the move for you. Lord, I want to will and do. That's what you've called me to do as a uh, a believer. Lord, you put something on my heart. Complete, he put the, he put the um, altar on their heart. They completed that. Then he put the foundation on their heart. They completed that. Then he put the temple on their heart. They completed that. Then he put worship on their heart. Amen. And they were, commu- they were continuing to move forward and upward for God. Let's pray.